White Christmas. Uh, the forecast said that's what we were supposed to have uh, even today was white snow. And we glad that it didn't happen that way, huh? Yeah, the kids are hoping it's this week when they're school in session, right? It's true. I know I'm not going to get much sympathy here, but I was, uh, I was in the Philippines. It was about 90 degrees, uh, 85% humidity, and I looked at the weather in Springfield. They said snow on Sunday all weekend, and I thought, maybe my flight will get delayed. And, uh, but it didn't, and there's no snow, so it worked out great. So it's good to be back um, I was in the Philippines for 12 days. Uh, well, not, not the whole time. It's like two or three days there. And then two or three days back, it's like a, like I didn't know how far it was when I said, yes, Lord, I'll go. Like, I didn't know. It was a long, like 48 hours back, and that was, it was a couple of tricycle rides, which tricycle there is a, a 175cc motorcycle that they put this cart on and around, and it's amazing how many people that you can fit in the amount of space like this right here, like I mean, like this, not the platform, like this right here, a lot. Just keep piling people in, and, we, and then we had a couple of those, a ferry ride, a four airplane, different airplane rides back, and uh, it, was, it was a long trip, but it was fantastic. In fact, I have a picture I want to show you. Uh, this is from the men's conference in Philippines. Just hundreds and hundreds of men here. They're even scattered out into the yard. This was the place uh, that we were gathering. They were they're all saying, hey, hi, and, and uh, they just were so open and so receptive uh, to the work of the Holy Spirit, what was going on the last night uh, that I taught there. I mean, the altars were just filled with these men just, just seeking God, and he just had a, it was just a great, great, great move of the Lord among us, and, uh, uh, and it was crazy, like, like one, one night, um, I'm looking up, and so the wall behind like behind this, the, where I was speaking up here, there was a lizard, like seriously, like this big. I'm not exact, I mean, this was, I don't even know what kind it was. It was huge. And as I'm looking up this huge lizard, something like landed on top of my head, because this is all open space, you know, and I'm like, somebody probably thought I got the Holy Ghost. I don't know, but I'm like doing this, you know, and it was this huge grasshopper that had, you know, they got those claws, you know, and it kind of jumped on my head and... And then it started, like, we missed a typhoon by 48 hours. So a typhoon had come through a couple days before we got there. And then it started thundering and raining one night. We lost power um, during the service. Like, all the power went out. They had to crank up the generators. So it was a a lot of fun. Um, So uh, I was there with the president of uh, the uh, Foursquare Churches in the Philippines. There were 3,000 churches, and they're just the church planting rate is amazing. It's amazing what God is doing on those islands. And he sent a video. We recorded a video of him. He's just greeting you. Uh, he wanted to send his greeting this morning. And uh, I didn't notice till later, because I'm in the video, I didn't notice till actually this morning. I was loading it in the computer. And I noticed we're standing underneath a quarantine sign um, at the Manila airport. So I don't, I don't know what that means other than we were in the area of quarantine. We got quarantined before we left the left the country. So if you'll play the video of Pastor Val. This is uh, Pastor Val Chavez. He's the uh, president of Foursquare Philippines. And uh, we've just had a great week uh, ministering in Barakai. And I just wanted him to be able to greet you and just say hello. So Yeah, I'd like to express my thanks to you, church, for allowing your pastor, Pastor Jay and, and Jacob, to come to the Philippines to join the men's convention. Oh, we had such a wonderful time together. Of course, the people are so blessed, or we're so blessed, 
may the ministry that Pastor Jay has uh, extended to our people here. And thank you for releasing them. And of course, we would like to thank you also for sending Jacob to us. May this be the beginning of the wonderful fellowship and wonderful partnership as far as the spreading of the gospel is concerned. So thank you very much. God bless you all. All right. Thank you, guys. That was a, that's a greeting from them, and hopefully you'll get to meet uh, him and his wife someday. They're just wonderful, wonderful people. Excited to be here this morning. Excited for our brand new series, A White Christmas, and we're going to have a great uh, next several weeks. We're doing this for three weeks. Uh, you guys received a letter from me this week uh, just talking about our Christmas offering that we'll be receiving. Um, we'll be receiving every Sunday um, until, uh, until Christmas, and just you can mark that, it's just on other, on your offering envelope, mark it Christmas, you can give that on your app um, or online, and it's going, we're going to start uh, locally, uh, the portions of this Christmas offering is going towards our, uh, going towards um, a Victory Mission as we partner with them um, to make a difference in our community, Pregnancy Care Center, uh, Weller outreaches that we're doing, a benevolence ministry for those in our church that need help, and then also we're throwing Christmas parties for unreached kids around the world. We're doing it in our orphanage, in the village where our orphanage is in Central Asia, and then also some other places in Bangladesh. And so I know there's more information about that in the letter that I sent you, but just wanted, that'll be coming up at the end of this service, and just wanted to let you know that if you came prepared today, fantastic. If you didn't, uh, you can give each Sunday, you can give online until uh, the end of the year, just be sure to mark that a Christmas offering. So we'll put it, we'll designate it towards that. We got the surveys back from you guys uh, regarding our holiday services and um, just a great response. And so our schedule, what our schedule is going to be, it's Christmas Eve. We're doing our Christmas Eve service at six o'clock. We'll have candlelight, we'll have communion. It'll be a beautiful service. Christmas Day, we're going to have a 10 o'clock service. Uh, it's bring the kids in their PJs. Uh, Christmas Sunday. So you don't have to get dressed up. Just, you know, if you're opening presents, you're doing whatever, just take a break. Uh, come in. We'll, we'll have service from 10 to about 1045. For sure, we'll be out by 11. We're planning some really special um, things that morning. And so uh, if you're in town, uh, even if you, if you have company, whoever, just, just bring them in and let's, let's, we'll come to church on Christmas Sunday. Um, and one service at 10 o'clock. And then on New Year's, uh, we'll have one service as well um, at 10 o'clock. So Christmas Eve, Christmas one service and New Year's one service. And so that's what our, uh, that's what our schedule is, is going to be. Uh, this morning we are, as I said, we're starting our White Christmas series. It's a series on forgiveness. And uh, I mean, you know, we, we get a lot of opportunity to practice forgiveness, don't we? Uh, there's a lot of, this, is, this, this sermon is, is applicable to every single one of us. Because um, if you haven't had to forgive somebody, uh, well, you have. It just—it's not like you just get the opportunity soon. It just—it's just—it is. It's a part of life, isn't it? And how we navigate forgiveness is a, is a really—it's a really big deal. And one of the reasons we're talking about it right now is—is is because this time of the year, I think, really, um, really highlights, reveals pain in our life. Um, it really—it's um, not that so much more happens right now, but it's that we feel it more intensely right now. Um, pain and brokenness, unforgiveness, offense, that it just is really, we're just so open to it. We just really feel it. Do you know that more people, more people in the United States will commit suicide between Thanksgiving and Christmas than the rest of the year combined? Uh, That's how much pain is felt and is realized. 
And so what we're asking the Lord for is we're asking Him for a white Christmas. Now, not, not, maybe not snow, right? But that we'd be white in here. That our hearts would be white. In fact, uh, celebrating a Christmas being white is, it, you know, it's, it's so northern hemisphere. You know what I'm saying? But as I've traveled, I've been able to be a lot of places in the last several weeks. And, and it's amazing to me how every nation focuses on the white aspect of Christmas. Seriously, we, were in, uh, we had a layover in Hong Kong. And as I was in this layover in Hong Kong, there's this big display of snowmen, okay, it's not cold in Hong Kong. Let me just, just say that, right? So a, a display of snowman, of snow, a pink dolphin. It's, I mean, everybody needs a pink dolphin in their Christmas display, right? Right? And so you have all I'm like, and we get to Manila, like it's hot in Manila, yet they have snow displays, right? And I'm like, okay, there's like a, there, this is, this is a, there's a breakdown here is what, what's going on. But because but the, the world f- celebrates Christmas, like with such a northern hemisphere type type thing with it, but I, I thought, one of the things I thought about everybody focusing on a white Christmas, because I knew we were doing this series, like it was already, the sermon's already in my heart, I'm already thinking about all this, is that the reality of the purity of Christmas, beyond snow, of what Jesus has come and done for us, that is universal. It's universal, and so my prayer this morning is that in these next three weeks that we're able to move into, into levels of purity in our own heart, of cleanliness in our own heart, of the Lord washing Things that hurt and that where there's pain and seeing that become manifest in our lives. Uh, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. Um, Isaiah says this, come now, let's settle this. Like there's some stuff that just really needs to be dealt with in our life. And let's go ahead and deal with it. Let's, let's, let's get to the nitty gritty. Let's take care of it. Says the Lord, though your sins and, and if there's areas of unforgiveness and offense, that's a sin. It is. And if there's this area in your life, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool, if you will only obey me. And so what is the Lord asking us to do to be able to enter into all that he has for us? And that's what we're going to be talking about for the next three weeks. Some of you, if you're following in your notes in the bulletin or on our app, Grace Church, Grace Springfield, that's a free app, you'll see these notes in here. And the next part of the note just says, just dreaming. Like, are you really serious? Like, are you just dreaming? Can, can, can a person really experience this kind of forgiveness? Sure, I understand other people can. Like, conceptually, we understand that it's possible, but it doesn't always feel like reality. And, and so the question is, why? why? Why does it not feel like it can be something that we can really experience, that can really happen in our life? Well, well, the first reason why is that we often have a wrong understanding of forgiveness. We don't often really understand what forgiveness really is. And part of the reason is, is, that, is that understanding forgiveness is not that we minimize the seriousness of the offense. Okay, it's we do not minimize the seriousness of the offense. That what has been done to you, how you've been cheated, um, how you've been taken advantage of, how maybe you've been victimized, how you've been talked about, that really understanding and moving forward into all that God has for you is not done by minimizing it. It's actually quite the opposite. It's actually engaging in that pain, so to speak. It's, it's, it's saying, this is the reality of what happened. And now this is how I'm going to respond to what has happened to me. Uh, one of the things I just, my mom has said to me my whole life, and it's always kind of stuck with me. I thought she invented it. Later, I realized that she didn't, but I'll still give her credit is that, it, you know, what really matters in life is not what happens to you, it's how you respond. 
How you respond to what happens to you is what really makes a difference in your life. And so we don't want to minimize it. The second aspect where there's just some misunderstanding is that forgiveness is not reconciliation. Okay? Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Reconciliation takes two parties. For there to be reconciliation to, to, to take place, it, it takes two parties for that to happen. But forgiveness is, is between you and Jesus. Like it's dealing with, with, with your heart, with you and Jesus and this other person. So forgiveness really doesn't actually involve that other person. True forgiveness is between you and the Lord. So it do, reconciliation does not have to take place for there to be forgiveness. In fact, often reconciliation in situations wouldn't even be recommended. Because really it would just be further abuse, it would be further um, issues that would just be perpetuated. So we can't equate forgiveness with reconciliation. Um, the, other, the other misunderstanding is that, is that often we think that we can't forgive somebody until they ask for forgiveness. That we're waiting for somebody to say they're sorry. Or waiting for somebody to ask us to forgive but that's not necessary for forgiveness. In fact, could I even suggest to you to not give another person that much control over your life? That if, if my emotional well-being, if my state is based upon somebody else's actions, like that's, that's not the way it's intended to be. That, that does not work. That plane does not fly. It just does not happen. So, you don't have to wait for somebody to ask for forgiveness. You don't have to wait for them to apologize. Just, just don't wait. Because it may never come. It may never happen. And then you'd be allowing yourself to be held captive. You'd be allowing yourself to, 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 to be in bondage and be in pain and be, be stopped because of somebody else. Don't give anybody else that much control or authority in your life. Does, does that make sense? Does that make sense? Another, another misunderstanding of what forgiveness is, is that it's, Forgiveness is not forgetting what happened. That, that you, may never, you, you may never forget what's happened to you. And you can't wait to forget to forgive, or you can't even have that as an expectation. You're like, gee, pastor, that's, that's kind of negative. Could you be a little bit more positive this morning? Okay, I'm positive that you may never, you'll never forget <laughs> what's happened to you. That it's reality. I mean, it's deep. I mean, if it's not deep, okay, you can get over those. But I'm talking about the deep stuff. I'm talking about the stuff that messes you up. You're not going to forget. Now, hopefully it's going to be to where it's not in the front of your mind, where it's not like you're a driver for you during the day, that it, it, it's not the forefront. But you'll still remember. You'll still remember that it's not, that, that's an unrealistic, unrealistic expectation. An unrealistic expectation. Um, maybe you've heard of a... Uh, of a, a, a evangelist on TV, a lady named Joyce Meyer. Um, she's out of the St. Louis area. A couple years ago at a pastor's conference, she told the story of, um, of how her father had, had abused her repeatedly and repeatedly over 200 times over a period of years. And, and how, how the process that she had to walk through to forgive her dad and to, to have healing in that area. And this, is, this blew my mind, but this, this, is what, this is what she said. She says, I am so free from this offense that I can't even tell you that I wish it would not have happened. That actually, what God has done in my life is greater than if it didn't happen. Wow. I mean, that's freedom, isn't it? 
To say that I can't even say that I wish it wouldn't have happened because what God has done in my life probably wouldn't have happened if that wouldn't have happened. I mean, that does that blow you away? Like, that's forgiveness on a whole nother level. And that's, that's my desire. That's what I want to see us walk into. That's what I want to see us happen. That we can have this type, of, this type of Christmas miracle in our lives. But what are some of the hinders? What are some of the things that keep it from happening? Well, one is, one is if, you, if you go down the road that it's not fair that it happened to you. If you start going down the road that it's not fair, let me just say that is a dead-end road. Have you ever gone down that road it's not fair? And I know we are parents say life isn't always fair, but don't we still expect life to be fair for me, right? It's not fair for you, but it should be fair for me, right? But it's not, we, you know, we really don't want to play the fair game. Because if we play the fair game, then we have to take care of our own sin. Because how many are thankful that God didn't say that to us? This thing has to be fair. That Jesus paid for my sin himself. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for that. So how do we process? How do we, how do we forget? How do we handle these issues? Well, Peter comes to Jesus one time, and he was having an issue with somebody. We don't know what it is, but somebody is just, somebody's messing with him. And somebody's causing him problems. And he didn't come to Jesus like the Pharisees did with trick questions. He came to Jesus with a legitimate question. Because there was somebody that was continually um, getting to him, continually um, offending him, continually harassing him, that he needed to forgive. And Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 uh, through 35. We don't have all of it on the screen. You can open up into your, bio, your Bibles as well. But this is the text of where this story comes from. It says, then Peter, yeah, he's a, he has this issue with somebody. We don't know who it is. We don't know what the issue is. But he comes to Jesus. He says, okay, Lord, how many times do I got to forgive this guy who's sinning against me? So where's the line? Have you guys ever, like... Uh, so what's too far, right? So when do I have to stop forgiving? Or when, when is it, when has this person gone too far? When, when, where, where do I get to draw the line and I don't have to go any further in, in this forgiveness thing? Um, how many times? And it goes up to seven? And there's some, there's some play on with some uh, Greek understanding and Hebrew understanding with words and numbers of completion, like, like seven and Old Testament laws. But he's basically like, that would have been very generous. So, so seven times, right? So, I mean, that's consistent. Jesus is like, no, 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 not really. He goes, I tell you, not seven times, but 77. Or other translations say 70 times seven. Luke says 70 times, 490 times a day. That's like if you're not sleeping, that's every three minutes. So Jesus is basically saying, no, it's all the time. We never draw a line of, okay, now I'm not forgiving anymore. Now I'm not extending that forgiveness. And, and again, I'm not talking about reconciliation. I'm not talking about us being taken advantage of. I'm talking about our response to what has happened to us. Our response. And then, he, and then Jesus, like he always does, such a, a masterful teacher, tells a story. He tells a story about this guy uh, who, owned, who owed another guy a lot of money. In fact, f- uh, just if you do the numbers, about $5 billion is what he owed. How many you say... Wow. How many say that's a large debt? Five billion, right? Yeah, five billion dollars is what, is what he owed. And so Jesus was painting this picture. Uh, he was painting this picture of, of the, he owed a great, great amount. Five billion dollars. And so he, did, he, did, he couldn't pay it. And so his master, uh, the guy he owed the money to, he was like, he, he forgave him. 
He forgave him the debt. And then this guy who had a $5 billion debt forgiven to him went after one of his guys who owed him about $10,000. But I mean, $10,000, that's a lot of money, right? Like somebody owes you $10,000, you want it, right? You don't. Okay, can I borrow (laughs) $10,000? So you want the money, right? I mean, you want that. That's your money. But what what the Bible says he did, he went and he grabbed him by the throat. I mean, he grabbed him by the throat and he demanded... He demanded he pay his money, and because he couldn't, he, he threw him into prison. And the guy that he had forgiven him of the five billion, he's like, uh-uh, that's not how this works. So he got thrown in there and was tormented. So the, the whole, Jesus is painting this picture, telling this story, that we have been forgiven so, so much. And because we have been given so much, that honestly, we don't have the right not to forgive. That we don't really have the, the right not to forgive. That, that, that we, really, we really do. Have, we really do need to forgive. After first service, somebody came up to me. And they, they, had, been, they had been done wrong at work this week. Some stuff had happened. And it, 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 they had been taken advantage of. Some bad things had happened. And they had tried to forgive. And their forgive muscle was tired. You ever worn that muscle out? It was kind of stretched. It's not working real good. And he basically was planning ways to get even. Planning ways to get even. But thankfully, not now. Not now. His heart is different now. And, but this is reality of what we live with so often every day. Because often we, think we, we don't think we can do it. I mean, we want to, but we really don't think we can do it in our own strength. But the reality is that is, that is true. It's only through Christ. Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That we don't try to just forgive in our own forgiveness muscle, right? But that we count on Christ. Lord, help me in this. Help me journey towards this forgiveness. And, and the steps that we take towards forgiveness, towards dealing with what's going on in our heart, they're counterintuitive. They don't always make sense. They're countercultural. It's not how our culture tells us to deal with conflict or deal with forgiveness. This isn't it, but, but it's reality. It works. It works. It sets you free. And the first thing is, is that you cannot wait for your feelings to be there before you offer forgiveness. Have you, you know what I'm talking about? Because you will never feel ready to forgive. Ever. You're never there. It's a choice. You make a choice and then the feelings follow. And then that's so different than, than how often we want to we live. But we, we, we have to do that. So, ladies. I'm going to pick on the ladies. Okay, ladies. You guys like like the Hallmark movies, movie time of the year, the ABC family? You guys don't? Well, don't tell Heather because she loves them. Like, she's fine with me leaving the country, right? Because it's Hallmark all the time she wants, right? No football, nothing else. Just So, so she watched a movie, I don't know, a couple years ago. And I, I don't know how I remember it. Well, probably because they're all about the same. But anyway, uh, <laughs> moving right along. Um, so there's this, you know, they always want this different reality than what, what it is. And, and, and so this movie, this Christmas movie, was there was somebody had somehow been transported into a snow globe. Okay? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so they got transported into a snow globe. And you know, snow globes are always like perfect settings, right? Like you never see chaos 
in a snow globe, right? Like it's always better than like what you're experiencing in your reality, right? It's like a Norman Rockwell, beautiful picture, or, you know, family's all happy, or like this one. I got this one, I actually got it at Target last night, and so I'm walking down the aisle, and so there's a thing you turn. I'm like, oh, I bet it makes music. So I turned it a couple of times. Yeah, it kind of makes some music. The thing played like for 10 minutes, right? And I'm like, and Heather's looking at me like, so I kind of walked around the other way. Um, anyway, so so this is three kids, probably siblings, um, smiles on their face, rosy cheeks, a building Frosty the Snowman, the size of a tree. You know, everything's beautiful and perfect. And like, who's ever seen siblings like build a snowman that way? Usually, isn't it like snowballs? And you know, it's just it's just yeah, that's not always the reality. But but. The point is, is that when we, that so often, I think forgiveness is like this, that we, we're living in this area here, okay, but inside of the snow globe is a better reality than what's out here. And I think that the barrier of getting into the snow globe often in our lives is unforgiveness, is offense, that it holds us back from the preferred future that God has for us, for a better reality than the one we're currently experiencing in our life. And the way, like that Hallmark movie, the way you get transported into something better in this area of what I'm talking about this morning is actually through forgiveness. It's actually through forgiveness. It'll actually get you where it is you really want to go. And it does this by obeying by obeying the Lord. So how do we do this? What does this look like? Well, what it looks like is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 25 through 28. It says, For the foolishness of God... What, what does that mean? It means that sometimes, often, what the Lord tells us to do seems dumb. Is it okay I say that in church? Is that okay? I guess I just did, didn't I? This is the foolishness of God. That it just things... It's just, what, Lord? That's how you want me to do it? So the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. The weakness of God. The weakness. Have you ever... You see, when you respond with forgiveness, sometimes you feel like a doormat. It's just true. You feel that way. It doesn't mean it's true, right? But you feel that way. And, but we're not controlled by our feelings, but our feelings are still reality. I mean, they're, they're part of our reality. I mean, they're real. So the foolishness of God, it seems dumb, is wiser than man's wisdom. The weakness of God, you feel like a doormat, is actually stronger than man's strength. You see, it's that paradox I was talking about earlier in our, in our service. And so the way you get in, the way you experience this future, is by obeying the Lord. It says, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things, the things that are not, to nullify the things that are. And so we don't wait for our choices. How do we do this? How, how do we experience this forgiveness? So I'm going to give you some steps this morning to, to, to help you do that. Because I don't know what's happened to you this week. Right? Like just in first service, I didn't know that that, that guy had had these issues at work. I don't know who's... Who, maybe it's not this week. Maybe it's been over the last several years. Maybe it's something that's happened to you from your childhood. I don't know how you've been cheated on. I don't know how you've been taken advantage of. I don't know all those things. But God knows. And He cares and He loves you. And He wants to see you move, move through. Move through into all that He has for you. So here's some, here's some things we can do. First thing is pray for them. Whoever has offended you, whoever is, has, a, has, has hurt you, begin by praying for them. Begin by 
We end up praying for them. Don't, don't pray a prayer like this. May the flies of a thousand camels rest in your armpits, right? It's, it's not, not, one of those, not one of those kind of, I mean a serious prayer, right? You, hold some, you find some scripture to hold on to. I mean, one time I was mad at a person. One, one time in my life I was, I was upset. Yeah, just once. Just once. And I was, you know, grumbling. Heather's like, you need to go spend some time with Jesus. You knew we were getting his word. So I did. I went and found a scripture to stand on. Lord, that you would break the teeth of the wicked. You know, there's some good verses in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? And so, but have you ever read, like, when you read the Psalms, isn't it great? It's so refreshing. Like, David starts out praying with clenched jaws for people. Oh, Lord, break the teeth of the wicked. Oh, bless them, Lord. Yeah. And he just, you know, and he just, he, he just, he goes for it, right? But then you see this transference happen in his heart. And then he begins to focus more on the Lord than he does on the problem or the person. And then you see him just declaring the goodness of God. Oh God, you got this all taken care of. It's all going to work. Lord, you got me covered. Thank you, Lord. And why, why how does that happen? It's because he's entered into the presence of the Lord. It's in worship. It's in prayer that these things get released from our life. That we can move forward into all that God has. So the very first thing is being able to pray, pray for them. Have you ever done that? Like, have you ever prayed for the person? It's hard at first. It is. It is, trust me. It's hard. But it changes your heart. It changes your heart for them. Matthew 5, uh, 43, 44. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Right? That's easy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who are giving you trouble. Pray, pray for them. Pray for them. So that's a, to pray for them. Number two is bless them. And what does blessing mean? Blessing means not to curse, but to bless, to speak good of them. And how many know that's hard, right? Like we want, that's sorry, good for nothing. You know, we just let our mouth run. I mean, not you. I know you would never do that. But, but because what's in our heart comes out of our mouth. And we hear ourselves speaking cursing, and not just curse words, I'm saying curse words that are not life towards others. It's, that's like, okay, what's in here? And then we, then we choose. See, blessing is a choice. We even, we've talked about this, we choose words of blessing or words of cursing, words of life or words of death. And so it's a choice that I make that I will speak well or I'll keep my mouth shut. But then we begin to speak well because it changes our heart. Luke 6, 27, 28, but I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you, pray for them. Romans 12, 14, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, speak words of blessing. And then number three, do good to them, pray for them, speak well of them and do good to them. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why, do you, why do you say that? Why would, okay, I get praying for him. I get not talking bad about him, but to, but to do good. Yeah, Romans chapter 12, 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Okay? You know when, you're, when, you're, when your mind is going into calculation about how you're going to pay somebody back, that is a warning, okay? That is not the direction you want to go. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, now it's not always possible, but if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace 
with everyone. Here we go. This is the crux of it right here. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. Leave room for God's wrath. Mm. What does that mean? It means back off. Give God some space to work. I mean, we, we want to take care of it ourselves, right? Lord, I, you're too slow on your wrath, and I, don't, I, got, I got some ideas for you, God. If you thought about this, this is one way you could get them. Yeah, I know you guys have never thought anything. like. I know that's just me. That's just me. Just give God some room. All right, Lord, they're yours. I forgive them. I don't hold it against them. Lord, you take care of it. You take care of it. Leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. On the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed them. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. So what he's saying here is, is, don't worry about getting even with them. Focus on what is a need in their life that you can meet. Oh, why'd you have to say that, Pastor? You could have gone all morning without saying that. I didn't. Jesus did. So he, I didn't say it. He said it. And in doing this, you heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil by evil, but overcome evil with good. Because if you try to respond with evil, that's what's going to end up in your heart. And so we respond with good. And if we do, then we will have a different future. We'll have a different reality than the one we're currently experiencing in our life. So what's the next step? What's the step? It's this. Ephesians 4.31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. Brawling and slander. Along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Because you see, the forgiven forgive. The forgiven forgive. Because we have been forgiven, we can forgive. Freely we've received. How many of you have freely received, right? Forgiveness. Freely we've received. Now freely we give. Freely we give. This week I was, one morning, and one of my favorite things to do anytime I'm anywhere near a beach, um, and in case you didn't know what Philippines is like all beaches, right, because there are a bunch of islands, thousands of islands, and I'm telling you, it is pretty there. Like, we need to do a trip as a church. It is pretty there. It is gorgeous. It's just beautiful. And so one morning, it was real early, and uh, I got up and I went for a walk on the beach to pray. I love walking and praying on the beach. Somehow I stepped on something, I don't know if it was coral, a shell, glass, I don't know, but somehow I stepped on something that really cut the bottom of my foot. And it didn't hurt so bad at the time. I mean, you know how it is, you step on something, and it's like right at that bottom of the, of the foot, you know, that tender, that tender spot. Um, and so, like even now, I'm, 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 it's uncomfortable. And so this was, this was almost a, a week ago. And, and I, and so, so I, I just, you know, like we do, I just push through it, right? You know, I just push through it. But by that night, like I could barely stand on it. It was really, really hurting. I had showered, I'd tried to clean it out and, uh, and, and I, I, it just hurt. And so I, I went to the pharmacy because that's in that country. It's, you have to get everything at a pharmacy and uh, stuff like that. So I went to the pharmacy and I got 
you know, peroxide. I got antibiotic ointment. I got some band-aids. I went back to the, the hotel room, and so I was glad Jacob was there because I'm like, I mean, how do you take care of something on the bottom of your foot, right? Like, the older you get, the less limber you are, right? You know, yeah, you, some of you know what I'm talking about. So I'm like, stand, I have to put my foot over the sink, you know? And so he's has flesh hanging off of it where it was cut. So he's taking, like, toenail clippers trying to cut skin off, you know? It hurt, yeah. And, uh, and so... So he's pouring, I have him pouring bottled water on it. To, so like he, what he said, I couldn't see the bottom of my foot, but it's full of sand. He thinks there might have been some glass in there. So he's digging, trying to get glass, you know, out of my foot. Ah, you know. So anyway, we clean it out and we put hydrogen peroxide. You know, it starts bubbling and fizzing. Looks like a 7-Up, you know. It's, and it does that. And then he puts, um, and he puts uh, ointment on it. Puts a, puts a Band-Aid on it. And, and, and as I was, actually, as I was at this point in the service, first service, that picture came to my mind. And I think that's how forgiveness is sometimes in our life, that we're just going through life, something, we're just going. And it's like whatever that was, it just punctured my foot. And I just tried to keep going, right? I just tried to press on, just, just push through the pain, right? But at some point, I could tell it was, gonna, it was starting to become infected. I knew that if I didn't take care of that, that thing was going to get nasty. It's hot, it's humid, it was dirty where I was. And I was like, yeah, this could, this could end up not good. This could end up not good because I didn't know what was inside of my foot. So I was like, i got to take care of this. And that, I think that's kind of what's going on this morning. There's some parts of this morning that may have been uncomfortable for you. Because I was kind of digging in some areas. There's some stuff that's been stuck in there. And you've just been pushing through the pain. But this morning, the Lord has had a stop right here. And he's saying, I want to get, I want to get some, some, some unforgiveness. I want to, you got some stuff in you that, that really, you're, you're, walking through, you're walking in pain that you don't have to walk through. Like You don't have to live this way. There's a better way to live. And so even now, the Holy Spirit, the Lord's just digging that out. It can be uncomfortable. He's cleaning it out. He's, he's bringing healing. He's getting rid of the infection in your life. And, and how this happens is how you respond. I didn't have to stop and let my foot be taken care of. But I wanted to because I want to be well. I don't want to lose my foot, right? I, like, I, like, I got two and I want to keep both of them, right? I like them. And I don't want to be in pain. I wanted this thing taken care of. And, and just as the antibiotic ointment was put on there, it made me think of the Holy Spirit who is referred to often in Scripture as like the, the, the anointing oil, the balm of Gilead. That there's a healing aspect that the presence of the Holy Spirit brings to our life, that, that it brings healing and brings wholeness. And I believe that's what the Holy Spirit wants to minister.